I mean, I think there's a lot that we can do as individuals, but I feel very sorry for councils and and individuals that kind of a responsibility all sits with us. The waste industry has been recognised as an essential service through COVID, which has actually brought the industry into a, a more positive light or maybe more front of people's minds than it ever has been. The most important thing we need to do is think about our purchasing habits and cut out as much single use as we can when we're buying things like a new fridge or a new dress or a new pair of shoes buy things that will have a long life and have a think about what we're going to do with them at their end of life really welcome to wannabe greener the podcast that helps you move effortlessly towards a more earth-friendly lifestyle I'm Harriet Robinson and today I want to talk about recycling. Oh my god, it is one of the most frustrating things. Obviously it's great and it's the one thing that we kind of all do um, to do our little bit for the environment. But there seems to be a different system everywhere you go, even the next town to you. Some companies are still producing packaging that has to go straight to landfill. Some people just aren't recycling at all. So there are problems with it. And I know that it is super confusing. But the reality is recycling is one of the easiest things that we as individuals can do to help the environment. And as landfills get bigger and more plastic is being swept into the ocean, it's really the least we can do to ensure everything has a longer life cycle. So we're not that good at it. New Zealanders consume about 735,000 tonnes of packaging every year and recycle about 58% of that. In the UK, recycling rates are only about 45% and in the US it's 35%. So we've got a bit of work to do. Now, it's kind of hard to know who to talk to on this topic, but there's an amazing social enterprise called the Sustainability Trust here in New Zealand. It's based in Wellington and its mission is to create warm, dry homes for people in the city and reduce the environmental impacts of climate change to people around the region. They do loads of things. They collect electronic waste, like pretty much anything electric that you no longer want. Even if it doesn't work, they'll take it and recycle it. They have a curtain bank where they repurpose them for low-income households, an eco-shop, an eco-centre, and they run a series of programmes as well to help with waste management in workplaces and at home. So they're all about low waste and giving items a second cycle. I know about this place actually because I've taken my seemingly unrecyclable items to the eco-shop before and they've been recycled. So before we even got started, I thought I'd get rid of my little collection that I'd built up over lockdown with a little help from sustainability manager Polly Griffiths. So, oh, wow. Firstly, I've got loads of toothpaste because I haven't quite been able to move on to a non-plastic toothpaste yet. Can I recycle these here? Yep, you can recycle those here. I, I did the same. I've tried some other options and I just didn't get on with them. So I've had to go back to my old toothpaste mm. and I, I now use our oral care. So you can put in any toothbrush, any toothpaste tube. Okay, I'm going to do that. So pop these in. I've got quite a lot actually. Uh, I was very excited. Can these? Toothbrush yes. as well? I was very excited when I found out I could recycle this stuff. Uh, oh, it smells nice and minty fresh. Cool. Okay. Cool. And then plastic bottle caps. This is crazy because... So I've collected two one litre jars worth of 
bottle lids and it's only been like a couple of months so it's kind of shocked me how many lids we get through so yeah, it's interesting once you actually start collecting something you'd notice how many you've got yeah, yeah so these are all these are all plastic ones um some are metal and some are plastic that's the only uh, thing right so we're gonna have to it... sort through those okay i'll sort through i'll sort yeah. through so oh my god it's gonna go to the start we can just put the plastic ones directly into there Okay, I've got rid of my bottle tops and toothpaste tubes and managed to find a quiet space with Polly. Not only is she an integral part of the Sustainability Trust team, she also has a wealth of knowledge when it comes to recycling and waste management. Having worked in this sector for more than 16 years in New Zealand and in the UK. So she knows what she's talking about. So in this conversation, I try to answer as many questions as I can from you lot who sent them in. We talk about the most and least recyclable items, what we do wrong when it comes to recycling, what usually happens to items when we chuck them out and what else we can do apart from recycling properly to help end this huge waste problem that's just getting bigger and bigger. Now, we focus mainly on New Zealand and Wellington because that's where I'm based and that's where the company is based. But in general, um, this episode should answer most of the recycling questions you have wherever you live in the world. Now, one thing I'd only just found out about when I met Polly was that the Trust was actually running a programme within my workplace, Radio New Zealand. Yeah, so um, the Your Sustainable Workplace programme is our waste minimisation programme for organisations and RNZ are one of the people who came to us for help and we've been working with you guys since towards the end of last year. Uh, yes, we've done we've done site assessments, we've done a waste audit workshop and made loads of recommendations, which the green team are kind of in the middle of working out how to implement those and make more improvements at the moment. Cool. Hence why we have a box for collecting pens, which I've not seen in an office before, which I thought was really cool. Yeah, so um, that's one of the um, recycling programmes run by TerraCycle. And we've got drop-off points at the Trust for that and for Oral Care as well, which is also TerraCycle. So they all go off to Australia and get shredded up and turned back into plastics that get turned into new products. Cool. Um, We're just going to focus on recycling today Mm -hmm. and as I'm sure you know recycling is a huge topic and I kind of told people that I was going to be interviewing you about this and I got so many questions so I'm going to try and cover as much as I can. I think the issue with recycling is it can be quite confusing Mm -hmm. and everywhere around the world every council seems to have their own recycling system but we still should be doing it, right? So why is it so important that we recycle, in your words? So I think it's important to recycle so that we avoid sending waste to landfill because waste in landfill breaks down, produces methane. That's a powerful greenhouse gas that's contributing towards climate change. But also if you look at anything that ends up in a landfill, that's a wasted resource. And if we're recycling, those resources can offset us having to use more virgin materials and products so I think that's the other reason it's important obviously it's quite low down on the waste hierarchy so we us wasters as we call ourselves we talk about the waste hierarchy and that's the kind of a priority system for looking at waste management options and reuse is at the top of the hierarchy or some people talk about refusing as well before reuse but really if there's always going to be some waste 
And if we can recycle as much of that as possible, that's really the best thing to do. I feel like we spend, and lockdown lockdown's a good example, that we spend so much time separating and washing all of our recycling. And I know that Wellington Council, for example, was saying if they're overwhelmed with it, it's just going to go to landfill. Mm-hmm. In a normal time, how much waste is recycled? Do you know that? It's very, very poor waste data in New Zealand, and that's, what, that's definitely one of the things that Ministry for Environment is looking at, because... We've always say to plan good infrastructure and, and, and put the right systems in place, we need to know how much waste we've got and what composition it is, you know, how much of it's textiles, how much of it's e-waste. And at the moment, we don't have good quality data in New Zealand. You know, energy and water, for instance, are the other resources we talk about trying to reduce. They're kind of much easier to measure and, and manage. Waste is a bit, is a much messier to, to work out um, so one of the things that will come in place there's a planned increase in the landfill levy so at the moment it's only cost ten dollars per ton to landfill waste which is very very cheap compared to the most of the rest of the world um, there's been a consultation in place to increase that cost and one of the things that will happen then is more of the landfills will put in what we call weigh bridges to weigh the waste as it goes into landfill um, and then we'll have a much better idea of, of figures for more sites. Mm, and then obviously recycling companies will want to make sure that they're actually recycling things rather than dumping yeah. everything. Um, so what happens to your recycling? Because, you know, if you're at work or at home, you put it in the recycling bin and then that's the end of the process for us. Mm-hmm. What then happens to it? I mean, it really does depend where you are. As you said, already mentioned, it does vary depending on which council area you're in. But in Wellington, it all goes off to a sorting facility in Seaview and they have conveyor belts and magnets and different bits of mechanical equipment that all the waste gets heaped on one end of the belt and it, then it goes for all these different bits of equipment. But the main, the driving force of it is a team of sorters and they actually pick through our waste and they sort it into the different waste streams. And then once they've sorted it into the different waste streams, it gets bailed up and sent off to what we would call a secondary processor. So they're the people who are actually turning it back into a a material or product that can go back into the economy. And again, that really varies depending on what the material is, what that destination is. So in the Wellington's case, the glass goes up to Auckland and gets turned back into glass bottles if it's colour segregated Um, and the paper and card also goes up to OJI's facilities in the North Island to be reprocessed. If it's clear plastic and it's PET then it goes to Flight Plastics um, which are in Seaview and they're an amazing facility. They produce food grade packaging from recycled plastic and then that gets used to, you know, package up your cherry tomatoes or your blueberries and get sold back to you in, in, the, in the supermarket. Some other plastics are processed in New Zealand, but it's a fairly limited capacity at the moment. And most of it gets shipped overseas to Malaysia um, and reprocessed there. That's a big thing, isn't it, that we, because I know we do it in the UK as well, that a lot of it's sent, it's put into those big cubes and then it's shipped mm. over to Malaysia or, or somewhere else. I mean, that can't be a good thing, can it? Because we're just basically giving our rubbish to someone else to to deal with. Is there, Do you know if there are plans for that to stop and for it to be done in, in the country that it's kind of created in? 
Yeah, I mean, it's been a massive issue that when I was working in the United Kingdom, it was uh, something that we were trying to address. Um, and now it, and it is an issue over here as well. I don't think it's necessarily bad, but I think it's much better that we have our own systems in New Zealand to deal with materials, because obviously there are impacts associated with transport of the waste that takes energy. And it's harder to do kind of due diligence to make sure that things are recycled responsibly in other countries and we don't want to be passing on a pollution problem to other countries. I know that Wellington Council has actually gone out and visited Malaysia to see where the recycling's taken place so they can actually check it is being dealt with by licensed facilities and not illegal because there there is definitely illegal burning of waste in Malaysia which causes massive air pollution problems but it looks like in in the case of our council, they've done as much as they can to check things are being done correctly. But absolutely, Ministry for Environment is working really hard. They've got a um, national resource recovery task force. And one of the things that they're aiming to do is develop more infrastructure within Aotearoa to deal with our recycling. Okay. Um, as I said at the beginning, I kind of was overwhelmed with lots of questions. And one maybe that's relevant here from Caroline, who said, how effective is recycling? And that kind of led on to what are the environmental impacts of the process of recycling? Because obviously, we want to recycle as much as, as possible. But as you mentioned, the process can use up water and, and energy. Is it, yeah. is it quite heavy? Yeah, I mean, it, it depends on the, again, it always depends on the type of waste we're talking about but yeah it's energy intensive and it uses water as well so so that's why we always come back to waste minimization being the way forward and reducing the amount that needs to be recycled what are you like with your your waste and your recycling do you buy a lot of do you feel like working here you have to be conscious about not buying a lot of single use items I've definitely been on my own waste minimization journey. I think from my work in the United Kingdom, I was I was trying to help local authorities improve their recycling schemes. That was a large part of what I was doing. So I was really committed to recycling and trying to get people on board with recycling. And then I had a bit of a kind of light bulb moment or kind of turning point where I was like, no, we can't, you know, the systems aren't good enough for recycling. It doesn't work for all materials and we need to all be changing our habits to to reduce waste as well so so yeah I've been on a journey I'm not perfect none you know there are people like Hannah and Liam from the rubbish trip who who just do an amazing thing of being kind of advocates for having a zero waste lifestyle and they're my kind of heroes that I kind of try and aim towards but I'm, I'm not there it's hard like, it's hard yeah and I think we just all if you, you change one one thing at a time and don't try and do it all at once but obviously working at the Trust, we've got the eco shop here and lots of really inspiring team as well. And we all get ideas from each other about what more we can be doing. Cool. S- similar. I think you're on a similar journey to me. It sounds like trying my best, but I can't say I never buy single use items because I do sometimes, mm-hmm. but I make sure I recycle them yeah. if I can. Um, so let's get down to some of the details. Items that can be recycled. What are the most recyclable items if that's a word yeah uh recyclable yeah that's that a word, is a word isn't it yeah. A word, yeah so glass cardboard pt1 so 
plastics type ones if you look at the triangle with the one in that they're they're the ones that's got the best market in new zealand um and metals so you know your steel cans and aluminium cans yeah okay cool so if you have one of those you can definitely recycle it what if you have something for instance a plastic that has a different number on it because a lot of people don't know about these numbers and i've only just been kind of reading up about them mm-hmm. so it goes up to number seven it doesn't it number seven. so number one is the most recyclable what if you pick up one that has another number on so within new zealand we have some markets for types one two and five mm-hmm. But my understanding is that our processing capacity for those types wouldn't enable us to take everything that we currently put into recycling or into the the waste. Mm -hmm. But if you're going to focus on, if you're going to try and change your habits on plastics, they would be the ones to look out for. Then we've got threes, fours, sixes and sevens, which are the ones to try and avoid. So, do you want me to run through them, what they all are? Or? Yeah, we've got, a, we've got a form in front of us, yeah, so we can I know, work I always, out. I mean, that's just showing that I, I don't remember everything. So, we've okay. got number three is a PVC. Number four is LDPE, that's low-density polyethylene. Number five is polypropylene. Um, number six is polystyrene. So, you can e- either get polystyrene as expanded polystyrene, like you'd get around a TV when you get things in a, delivered in a box, mm-hmm. or it can also... it's a, commonly used for like yogurt bottles in its non-expanded form it's worth looking at isn't it because i think um, a lot of people pick up something in the supermarket and just assume well it's plastic it can be recycled but actually it might have been recycled lots of times already or it might have some other kind of ingredient within it that means it can't be recycled and then the number sevens number seven just means other so that just is like a catch-all for anything that doesn't fall under one to six and they're definitely the ones which are hardest to recycle number seven includes like bioplastics so ones which are maybe made from cornstarch that kind of material and actually there's that's very hard there's very very limited markets for that yeah, that's a good point, actually, because bioplastics, I think people often think that's a good alternative, but they can't actually be got ri- gotten rid of easily at all, can they? No. So, I mean, I suppose they're, they're better from the perspective that maybe they've not used oil in their production. They've used a, a natural resource to produce. But in terms of end of life, there's very limited options for dealing with them. Some of them are, are labelled as home compostable. So if you do home compost, that's something you can experiment with, whether that actually works for you or not. But otherwise, it's just straight in the, straight in the bin for them. So in terms of the most recyclable, uh, which would be a number one, what would that be? Like clear water bottles? Yep, clear water bottles, drinks bottles, fizzy drinks, that kind of thing. Yeah. And kind of what household items do we usually recycle that actually we maybe we shouldn't be? Well, I think it's things like yogurt pots, the things that butter spreads come in. That's the kind of thing which is often a, one of those numbers that, that are harder to recycle. I thought they could be recycled. I mean, Wellington Council still accepts any, any, any rigid container which actually has a, a symbol on it, they will accept it's just you need to be aware that these are the ones that will be shipped overseas for recycling. So if you can make a swap to another product, 
then that's a good thing to be thinking about. Waste Men's is the industry body for waste management in New Zealand, and they did some really cool research. They really did a deep dive into what people were recycling, but putting into into their landfill waste as well, and looking at what more we could be recycling and what the issues were. So that's some really cool research to look into and, and really talks about how much we're throwing away at the moment. It's so annoying that it's different all around the country because I was living in Bristol before in in Britain Mm -hmm. and the recycling there is incredible. You can put almost anything outside and they will recycle it and the recycling plant opens up every few months and you can go for a tour and you think, well, if they can do this, why can't every council, but not even every council in the UK can do what they're doing. So what is stopping, is it money that's stopping them from recycling more? Money is definitely an issue actually at the moment a lot of the work that wellington council does in terms of waste minimization is actually funded by the fees they get for landfilling so that's weird yeah that's the way around it goes so that's part of the reason why the landfill levy need in my belief needs to increase because landfilling is so much more expensive in the uk but that has been a massive driver for the recycling industry in the uk and across the whole of europe as well there's been a raft of legislation that came through europe that has really driven the waste industry in the uk and and set targets for the councils about how much they should be recycling and banned certain materials from landfill which is why there may be a few years ahead of where new zealand has been but i think For me, there's an opportunity for Aotearoa because we can already learn from the things that have worked and not worked in other countries. And the changes the UK have made haven't insulated them from this reliance on Asia for reprocessing. They've still done that. So we can now maybe kind of fast track some of those changes as we start to generate more money from the landfill levy. So it's all going to go into a big pot And there's going to be an investment plan produced by the Ministry for Environment about how that money gets invested across the country to put in infrastructure to support community organisations, to do more education, to really make us start to see some big changes. Are recycling rates improving in the country? We generally, we're we're going in the right direction, but there's things like these overseas markets failing is going to really kind of impact on that. So, you know, Auckland's had to stop recycling paper and card because their contract with overseas markets just disappeared because of the COVID-19 situation. What do people do wrong in terms of recycling? Because I feel like we're definitely not perfect with our recycling at home or recycling at work. Mm, I think lots of the confusion comes from it, it might be different in work to how it is at home. So in home, well, for, for me, I have my glass box and then everything else kind of gets mixed in together in the recycling bag. Whereas in, in work, you might separate it out into more streams. So that's part of the confusion. And that's why we run kind of recycling right workshops with organisations to try and kind of demystify all of the confusion. Um, lots of the things that people hope that they can recycle are small things. So plastic straws or bottle tops. The reason that we can't recycle those through our curbside council service is because of that facility I talked about where everything runs over a belt and it's hand-picked and those small items just fall through 
and end up it's just not economical for them to kind of go through that and pick it all out and sort it and it's also too small for there to be a recycling symbol on them as well so they can't Ah. kind of check it can be recycled but that's why we've got a pilot running at the trust to collect plastic bottle tops there's a really cool tiny tiny company in wellington called the tiny plastic factory um, and they um, they collect by bicycle and they can just do some more of this bit more bespoke recycling because they're kind of smaller scale. Um, so they're taking our plastic bottle caps and people can drop them off to us as an alternative. Um, um, then where do they go? Because obviously they won't go to the council's waste facility. No, it's a tiny plastic factory. They process that back into plastic pellets and then they resell those to manufacturers to make them into new products. Cool. Yeah. So my next question was going to be, what can we do with the items that we can't recycle? I guess one option is come to somewhere like this. So what, what other things do you recycle apart from bottle tops? Yeah, we, we try and we're trying to kind of expand on what we can do all the time. So let's hope I can remember them all. Um, e-waste. By the e-waste, I mean any, any electronic item, we will take that. Except for at the moment, we can't take, we don't have the space here to take large items but at least we're kind of a central easy place for you to drop off and we we also have to charge for it as well because we have to cover our costs for getting it to our e-waste recycler over in Seaview so it's just to cover that cost. I know sorry to butt in I know in the UK I only found out recently that you can drop your electrics electronics off at any shop that sells electric items and they have to recycle it properly mm-hmm. i don't know whether they actually do and i don't know whether that's a thing here but i've heard you can just drop it off so you could go to the apple shop and give them an old plug socket that's not working and they can just recycle it for you yes yeah, so in the uk there's legislation that covers e-waste which means it can't go to landfill and producers have to put in place schemes to allow householders to get it recycled free of charge But the good news in New Zealand is that they're bringing in regulated product stewardship for a number of items. There was consultation last year on this, and e-waste is one of the things that's covered and likely to be one of the first things that will come under this regulated product stewardship. So we're going to see that kind of scheme come into place over here for e-waste. Cool. And what what else can we bring here? Uh, You can bring your batteries So e-waste and batteries are really great things to keep out of landfill because not only do they contain really kind of precious resources, um, but they're very toxic as well. So really, I think if you're going to prioritise anything else to drop off to us or up to the um, tip shop at the Southern Landfill, it would be those items. You can bring us bicycles. Um, they go to re, um, re-bicycle and they go to refugees and low-income families. They kind of get all fixed up if they need it um, and passed on. Uh, car seats, kids' car seats. We've got our pilot going for plastic bottle tops as well as for metal beer caps. We've got the oral care and the writing instruments, uh, ones through TerraCycle. Obviously, if somebody doesn't live in Wellington or even New Zealand, TerraCycle is an international... Is it international? 
campaign? It is an international campaign. It does slightly vary what they do in different countries. But if you go onto their website, you'll find out what's running in New Zealand. And you can look at a map and find out where there are drop-off points. We're certainly not the only drop-off point in Wellington. There are other places too. Because that's a really good option if you have, I don't know, pens or or items that can't go in your normal household recycling. TerraCycle is pretty amazing. How does it work, just in case anyone doesn't know? Well, again, it will just, there's always a variation. Yeah. Yeah. But um, I know in the case of the ones that we're taking, that it goes back to Australia to a plant and they're basically plastics processing. So it'll, it'll all get turned back into plastic pellets or flakes to go back into manufacturing. And the way TerraCycle um, kind of operate it is they team up with a manufacturer. So it is kind of a almost a producer responsibility scheme. So the oral care is sponsored by Colgate. And I can't actually remember who sponsors the, the writing instrument ones. But there's normally some industry backing in there, which helps them make it financially viable. And that's the most important thing, right, isn't it? To have the, the actual brands and companies involved in it because really they're the ones that are creating the waste in the first place so if they're not taking some responsibility for what's going to happen to it at the end then what is going to happen yeah completely I I think I mean I think there's a lot that we can do as individuals but I feel very sorry for councils and and individuals that kind of a responsibility all sits with us um, when really it's down to manufacturers putting in place better them covering the cost of this reprocessing but also them taking responsibility for what they're putting on the market so that what is put onto the market and that we buy can be recycled at end of life what did you think about the did you hear about coca-cola who said that people want their coca-cola to still be produced in plastic bottles so they're just going to keep doing them like that did you hear about that i didn't hear about that but um doesn't really surprise me from coca-cola um they are the biggest plastic producer in the world or something like that aren't they they have a, they have a massive lobbying power and they could bring about massive changes they're a massive global industry they have a lot of money they have a lot of um, buying power as well so the the decisions they make can have a massive influence over the direction that the rest of the industry takes so and I just I just don't really buy it that consumers aren't willing to change there was a program in the UK looking at food waste and one of the supermarkets in the UK would always sell green beans with the tops and bottoms trimmed so you would get identical length beans and then it would be wrapped in plastic as well and they did this because they thought that's what the consumer wanted but when they actually asked the consumer that wasn't the case at all and they went back to just selling beans loose and that saved a huge amount of food waste because there were all these excess amounts of uh, beans that were being just binned and also all that plastic packaging as well so yeah I, I actually think consumers are totally up for different solutions. What can we do apart from recycling properly what can we do as consumers to try and improve the situation like is it down to lobbying the government is it down to petitions I mean is there something else we can do outside of just making sure we put our plastic in the bin every week yeah I mean I think it depends what you want to do and what you feel comfortable with but I think if you are a social media kind of if that's something that you are comfortable with and spend time on then you definitely use the power of things like Twitter to feedback to manufacturers when you're not happy Um, the more they start hearing that feedback the more they're going to start thinking about changing systems 
we can do our bit to keep involved with government as well tell our councillors what we want tell ministers what we want especially at the moment decisions are being made about our economic recovery mm-hmm. and where that money should be spent so I think it's a really good time to be telling the government what kind of future we we want we've shown throughout covid that we are capable of a massive amount of change in a short space of time so yeah let's use that as an impetus for everything looking better going forward i know covid's been a massive impact on everyone but one of some of the positives that we did see was that we can make that change and we saw air pollution reduce our carbon emissions will be down for this this year so let's look at how we can implement those solutions going forward i think that's a really good point actually like let's seize this opportunity this time where we've all had time to think about it and have a fresh start i don't know i'm a bit cynical i don't know how how positively things are going to change but i hope they do yeah Um, i'm trying to stay positive at the moment and i know that the waste industry has been recognized as an essential service through covid which has actually brought the industry into a a more positive light or maybe more front of people's minds than it ever has been and i think along with people's awareness of the plastic pollution in the oceans we've got that momentum at the moment to really um, do something definitely um so just running through a few of the questions that i had sent through and you kind of something you said earlier reminded me of this tom said that he'd like to hear more about a mandatory refund deposit on stuff like plastic bottles and tins and stuff and i know it's something that's quite big in parts of europe are there any plans for that do you know here in new zealand to have it so you know there's a little bit of maybe 50 cents extra for a bottle of water but then when you finish that you take it to a deposit point and you get that money back yep it's absolutely on the table it's um packaging was another one of the waste streams that fell under that regulated product stewardship consultation um and what was talked about there was a container deposit scheme so yes absolutely it's something government's looking looking at and actually thanks to lots of lobbying from community organizations for that was part of part of why that came to be considered so yeah we're going to hear more later this year from the government about the time scales for that I think it's really cool because people will litter all the time and it would stop people from littering because it's a waste of money but I don't know whether it's just creating another excuse for people to buy single-use items because they think well it's definitely going to be recycled and do you think there is a kind of a bit of greenwashing around recycling that people use it as an excuse to buy something in single-use plastic I Oh, good question. <laughs> I'm trying to work out how to respond to that one. Because I, I well, so my partner will, I, I do buy sometimes, occasionally something that's in single-use plastic. But if he buys something and I say something, he's like, yeah, but I'm going to recycle it. But I know that recycling isn't the answer because items can only be recycled a certain number of times, right? So it's still a good thing to do, but it should be, like you said, kind of the final mm. option. Yeah, I mean, I've I've been guilty of wishful recycling, certainly putting things in, hoping that mm. the council will do something with it because I don't want it to go into a landfill. Mm. I think the container deposit scheme would be very focused on some particular types of materials which can be recycled and are high value. So I think there is a place for that kind of system as part of the overall picture Um, glass can be endlessly recycled there's no drop in quality the more you recycle that there is a a drop in quality with plastics recycling so that is something that will need to be need to be considered 
How, how often can stuff be recy- can plastic be recycled? I've heard that it drops. It's sort of seven times, I think, is one figure I've heard. But I'm like, but how do you know it's been... I don't know how the testing is done so you know that an item can't be recycled anymore. So I assume it's quite technical with how much virgin material you have to mix back in with the recycling content. But yeah, that's beyond my technical expertise, I'm afraid. (laughs) Probably most people's as well. Um, Talking about virgin materials, Catherine said, is it really even possible to have a genuine circular economy with materials? So for example, when you recycle plastic, you still have to add a little bit of virgin plastic within it so her question is I mean maybe we can't really necessarily answer that but we recycle an item but that, that's true isn't it that with plastic you have to add a little bit of new plastic in I it to strengthen it yeah I think so that's my understanding and so and at flight plastics at the moment to meet the food grade standards they have to put a very thin layer of virgin plastic over the top of the recycled content although my understanding is if they get investment in another piece of plant they wouldn't have to do that glass is endlessly recyclable but there'll always be some minor losses in a system I think so so with recycling the whole idea of a circular economy recycling is really not always ideal it's not perfect it's always better to reuse or refuse or compost or I don't know what the other options are (laughs) Um, in terms of the reduce, you've, that kind of con- is a catch-all for all those different things you can be doing, like refuse and repair and reusing, all those things. Um, some work that's been done in Scotland has suggested that two-thirds of all of our carbon emissions are associated with the extraction, production and manufacture of products. You know, I'm talking building products as well as just our household products there. So the most important thing we need to do is think about our purchasing habits overall and cut out as much single use as we can when we're buying things like a new fridge or a new dress or a new pair of shoes, buy things that will have a long life and have a think about how what we're going to do with them at their end of their life, really. Um Emily said, why can't we recycle coloured plastics? Or what is the system for recycling coloured plastics? Because we know that clear plastic water bottles usually are fine. They're usually the number one um, for recycling. Why can't we recycle stuff, especially black plastic? Why are there issues with that? I'm going to try and get this right. I really apologise to all the um, more technical people out there if I get this wrong. (laughs) Um, But my understanding is at the moment at the facility where our waste in Wellington goes, it's hand sorting, which I mentioned. And the reality is the speed at which they're going, they can't actually check for every single triangle on every item. They know that the clear plastic bottles are going to be PET1, so it's a kind of a safe bet. They don't know that with all the other items, so things get missed, basically. Um, where in other facilities where they have optical sorting, that allows things to be sorted more accurately by plastic type. The other issue is, I think, flight plastics at the moment, which is where all our clear PET goes. That's just because that's what they produce. They produce clear packaging, so it's available as well. And is it generally that if something is quite dark coloured plastic, it's probably been recycled a few times to get to that point, or not necessarily? Not necessarily. I think um, I know that one supermarket in the UK they packaged all their meat in black plastic because they thought it made the meat look nicer, mm-hmm. and they thought that's what the consumer wanted, and then they they changed to 
clear plastic. Clear plastic gives you more options. If you've got a black plastic item, you can only turn that back into a black plastic thing. Mm, Bin bag or something. Yeah, whereas a a clear plastic thing, you can turn that into another clear plastic thing or you can add pigments in and turn it into any other item so it's just there's just more options with clear okay it's a minefield isn't it um a couple of other little quite specific questions um liz said how do you recycle the tops of pumps or like press down dispensers because then they're plastic thick plastic but they've got a spring inside Mm. is there any way of recycling those i no not at the moment you would have they just go into a into the bin yeah, because they kind of count as that small item, really. So if if you put them into your recycling attached to a bottle, they would just end up being cut off and disposed. So that's the same with, with plastic bottles. If you do end up leaving the lid on, it's not going to stop the bottle being recycled, but it will be cut off and landfilled. Nothing will, nothing will happen to it other than that. At the moment, it's not something that we take here either. So there's no options other than to try and buy refills, which just have a plastic top so that you can reuse the the spray top. Mm. Yeah, Interesting. I'd actually never thought of those before. And lastly, Sharon said, um, how can we force companies not to over package? I think just go back to tell them it's not what you it's not what you want. You know, follow follow people like um, takeaway throwaways and the rubbish trip and the zero waste network and yeah, start following some people on Facebook and Instagram who are, are who are kind of being inspired leaders on this and and get behind them when they'll generally point you in a direction if there's a government consultation or if there's a campaign that you can get involved with. I think that's how I stay in the loop with what's going on. Yeah, rather than picking up the odd bits that are in the news, that would be a more consistent way to get information. Cool. So if somebody wants to improve their recycling, what would be your top tips? So always clean everything. Contamination is a major issue with recycling. I always get people to think about the people sorting through your waste. And if you think about that, then I think that encourages you to make sure it's clean. You wouldn't want to be picking through dirty waste. And one dirty thing in a bag can contaminate everything. You think of a half full bottle of milk. Um, If that's in your recycling with your paper and cardboard, you could just, yeah, muck up a whole load of recycling and that ends up having to be landfilled. So, And they'd chuck out the whole... It wouldn't just be your house worth, it would be a whole skip's worth. Potentially, potentially looking at how bad it is. It's all going into one vehicle and if the contamination's bad enough, yeah, it could result in the whole lot having to be tipped away. I think the council talk about if it's more than... 15% 15% but we can we can check that figure but um and then they have to take it to landfill instead that's interesting because um one person said to me Andy said should we really be encouraging people to wash all their recycling when it's actually a waste of water and we're having water problems around the world mm. but it's actually quite important it seems yeah I mean the way I do it is I just when I've I've got a sink of hot water to do washing up, you know, because not all my washing up can't go in a dishwasher. So when I'm doing that, I do the recycling at the same time. And then you're not using any more water than you would have done anyway. So clean your recycling. Don't wish for recycle. So do make use of council resources. Don't put in things like foil. Don't put in plastic small items um, look at other ways that you can recycle those things okay and I guess it's kind of difficult because you can't give exact tips because every council has 
completely different system so I guess it's just about doing your research and if you're not sure about something just don't put it in the recycling yeah it's best if you're not sure put it in landfill because you're you're more likely to muck up the good work that you've done and other people's good work it's generally a safe bet that glass cardboard tins and cans and PET one that plastic type one you know they're the ones you should really focus on putting in your recycling it's really good to do we could you could use the next plastic free july as a kind of motivation for this but do a little home audit of your of your waste i did it last year and i kept all my plastic for a month well actually i kept all my waste for a month then you can actually see what you've got and actually maybe this period of lockdowns given you that opportunity anyway start looking at what you're buying most frequently and if there are swap outs that you can do that's interesting you said that because I collected mine through lockdown, obviously. And I think, what was it, six, seven weeks? And I had two and a half bags of recycling and a few cardboard boxes. Mm-hmm. And it didn't sound that much. But when I look at it, it looks like so much. And I think, I don't remember buying all of this stuff. It mm-hmm. does, when, once you can actually see it, it does really have quite an impact, I think. Yeah, totally. For me, it was all the glass and it wasn't, it wasn't all booze bottles. Um, <laughs> There's a lot of... Um, like um, kombu- we drink kombucha and and I was like right we need to really get better at looking at those refill options and, and cut some of this out so we have some laminated cards in front of us that look like important tools <laughs> these all look like items that would or maybe wouldn't get recycled what are they yeah so these we use these in our recycling right kind of workshops with with organizations we try and make it fun and we we set up teams and they they have a they have an interactive kind of quiz where they work out what can and can't be recycled so i've got just got some of these out to remind me um what are some of the things that people commonly get wrong one of them is is tetra pack so that well i think the thing that i would most commonly see in tetra pack would be milk alternatives like dairy-free milk alternatives they often end up being considered as paper and cardboard people put them in those streams at work and often would put them in their curbside recycling as well there's no way of recycling those in New Zealand at the moment there was talk of a plant being opened up in Auckland but unfortunately that's fallen through so try and find your those products in alternative packaging that's very hard isn't it for alternative milks yeah it's one of those ones where it's so hard for us consumers to be conscious consumers because most people are are picking a dairy alternative because of the environmental impacts of dairy farming and I can't tell you which of those trade-offs is the right thing thing to do so you can't be perfect all of the time why are alternative milks in cartons but normal milks in plastic why is that I wish I knew some of those decisions that were made about why I mean I think it's long life storage I think for these doesn't let light in for instance might be one of the reasons but yeah I I couldn't I'm not really sure because I have seen soy milk in plastic bottles as well so I don't know why one manufacturer why they make these choices price is often Mm. a consideration um glossy magazine some people think that glossy magazine covers can't go in into the recycling but they absolutely can the only thing you need to be aware of is whether they've got a thick plastic covering and you can do a quick tear test if you try tearing it and that you get resistance and you can kind of see a plastic film then just take that cover off the magazine and put the put the rest in Ah, i didn't know that 
Coffee cups is one I really wanted to mention because, yeah, we're kind of seeing a bit of a resurgence in single-use coffee cups during the kind of COVID. There is plenty of guidance out there now for cafes on use of reusables. So um, people like takeaway throwaways will kind of be promoting the cafes that will still accept your reusable cup. Lots of cafes take part in the Again Again scheme. That's a coffee cup deposit scheme. You pay a small fee to get your coffee in a metal um, cup and then you can drop it back to any cafe that participates. There's a lot of greenwashing about coffee cups, basically. They might say that they're compostable or green. Can you put them in your home compost? If it says home compostable... Yeah. You can experiment. It's probably best to kind of cut them up and put them in, but you can definitely experiment and see how it how it works. There's lots of work being done to kind of improve packaging labelling to make it easier for our, our consumers. But really, for the most part, the majority of single-use coffee cups are just going to end up in landfill. So because they and they have a plastic lining. That's the thing. I think people think they're just paper cups, but they've got a plastic lining on the yeah. inside, right? Yeah, they've got PLA. That's like one of those number sevens that we talked about. Evil number seven. Yeah, and the lid as well. So the lid can't be, I mean, it does have a symbol on it most of the time. So, but it's too small. It's another small item. It would be wishful recycling, putting that in. Um, Receipts is a bit of a weird one. That was a new one for me, actually, relatively recently. It's because of the inks that are used in receipts. They can't go into paper recycling, which is a bit disappointing. Pizza boxes, lots of people think they can't go in, but they can as long as you, if it's just grease, that's absolutely, and, and res, very small amounts of food residue, it's absolutely fine to put it in. You just don't take your crusts out, pull off any big bits of melted cheese and stuff, but if it's just a bit greasy, that's absolutely fine. Ah, I thought grease was a no-no. Yeah. And broken glasses, just keep your glass recycling for bottles and jars Anything that's broken, don't put it in because that's a health and safety issue for the teams that are picking it up. But also, if you've got something like a broken Pyrex bowl, that has a different melting point to a glass bottle and it can just muck up that reprocessing when it gets to up to the facility in Auckland. So yeah, just keep it to bottles and jars. Interesting. I heard I followed so many kind of eco bloggers and people on Instagram and somebody said that I think it was Sarah Bassett who does lots of sustainable stuff in London and she said that glass actually lasts for like a thousand years so even though it's really recyclable if it's not recycled it will just sit there it Mm. won't decompose it's completely it's inert essentially what I would call an inert weight so it's not bioactive so yeah it does just sit there The other thing that glass gets turned into is frequently used for is as an aggregate. So it gets crushed down. If it's colour mixed, it gets crushed down and used in things like road construction. All right. We've learnt a lot today. Thank you so much. I feel like I need to um, up my recycling game because I thought I was pretty good and turns out I'm not that good. So thank you very much. Thank you. It's been really nice to talk to you. Massive thanks to Polly Griffiths from the Sustainability Trust. If you want to find out more from them, just head to sustaintrust.org.nz. Loads of useful stuff on their website. And if you don't live in Wellington or in New Zealand, there still may be something like the Sustainability Trust near you. I did a bit of Googling, actually, just to find it in the first place. So we all know Google is our friend. Um, But yeah, their website is sustaintrust.org. 
www.ghostbusters.org.nz. As I mentioned, we did refer to this country quite a lot and some of the stuff Polly talked about might be different where you are. So do try to do a bit of your own research if you can. Council websites usually have all of the information about what they will and won't take in regards to recycling. And if not, there are loads of great resources out there, easily Googleable, like, for example, recycle.co.nz, which basically tells you all of the facts that you need to know about recycling. I'm sure you want to know them. So just a quick reminder of some of the things we covered today. Always wash your recycling. Don't get contaminating a big load, which could then end up heading to landfill. Use your local resources to find out more and to recycle items that can't go in curbside recycling. Um, Do your research. Don't throw little things in the recycling um, that won't get recycled, like bottle tops, pens, razors, makeup containers. You might be able to recycle them elsewhere, maybe through uh, TerraCycle. Don't wish cycle. Again, you know, find out what you can really put in your collection. Don't put something in hoping that maybe it'll get recycled. If you're not sure, don't put it in. Check the numbers on plastic. Number one is the best. This one probably will get recycled wherever you are in the world. Your local council should have some guidelines about what other numbers they take. Think about the end life of the product or packaging you're buying. Can it be easily recycled or upcycled or reused? If it can't be, maybe it's worth just leaving it on the shelf. And lastly, try to implement the zero waste mantra in the order of refuse, reduce, reuse, recycle, rot. One thing we didn't mention was soft plastic. I know that in the UK and in New Zealand now, there were collection points at supermarkets. And New Zealand's pretty good, actually. They'll take almost any kind of soft plastic, even if it's wrappers from like crisp wrappers and chocolate bars and stuff like that. In the UK, it's a little bit more specific. We also talked about TerraCycle. TerraCycle is amazing. There are drop-off points all over towns and cities across the world. If you head to TerraCycle.com, There you can choose your country and your town and then find out what recycling systems are happening near you. And if there isn't one, you can always um, apply to post your stuff back to them as well and they'll recycle it for you. They also raise money for charity and at the moment that figures in the millions, multi-millions and the number of items collected and recycled is in the billions. So it's a really amazing organisation. So that's TerraCycle.com. That is Recycling Covered. Thanks for listening to Wanna Be Greener. As always, you can find me talking about this podcast and loads more on Instagram at wannabe.greener. Um, please do leave a review on here as well if you get a spare minute. It really helps others decide if this is the podcast for them. Next time, we're going to be talking about sustainable fashion with Kate Hall, otherwise known as Ethically Kate. So I'll see you then. Bye. <laughs>